From San Diego, California, this is a One Extraordinary Marriage Show. We're being busy is overdone, romancing is fun, and scheduling sex has taken the guesswork out of wondering when you're going to get some. I'm Tony DeLorenzo, your co-host, along with my beautiful wife, Elisa. From coast to coast and around the world, thank you for joining us. It's time to talk sex, love, and commitment. Give us a call or text us on the Hug Hotline at 858-876-5663 or send us an email to hugs at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. In today's show, we're talking about what happened over the last 10 years, answer your questions, and what's to come in the next decade. And as we start today's show, I want you to listen to this quote from Palma Pasilico. She said, celebrations of your accomplishment raise your awareness of what you've done. And that's what we're talking about in today's show. We're talking about the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. This is the 10th anniversary show. Uh, which of is the one extraordinary marriage show. It's amazing and yes. it's mind blowing and it's overwhelming all at the same time. And we're going to really be digging into a lot of your questions about us, about the show and about what's to come. But first we start each and every one extraordinary marriage show with a hug. And this hug comes from an Instagram message that we received. And I want to say something about this. I want you to listen to what this couple accomplished Yeah. because this is really a no excuses mm-hmm. kind of hug. She said, I started listening to your podcast last fall. My husband and I have been together for 10 years and we welcomed our daughter two years ago. Throughout the newborn and toddler phases, being intimate wasn't hard, but the timing always felt off. Mm. When I found your podcast and started listening, I love that you guys came up with different ways to make dating your spouse fun and creative. And since the beginning of 2019, my husband and I decided that we would make a commitment to date more and be more intimate with one another rather than a 60 day challenge, which is our first episode that we ever did. 10 years ago. We wanted to see how we did on a one-year calendar. That's right. We kept track of every time we had sex for an entire year. Which is awesome. It was something random and fun that we decided to do together. And on the last day of 2019, we ended up with a total, and I wish we had a drum roll here, we ended up with a total of 210 times. Which is absolutely crazy to think about. Uh, 210 times. I mean... We did 60 and we've done 30 and we've done multiple seven days. But to think, I mean, that's three quarters of the year. Yes. And she goes on to say, now I don't have anything to compare this to. Well, let let me compare it to everybody else that's probably done a challenge. You've surpassed us all. You are are the gold standard. (laughs) Yes. You are the gold standard. But she goes on to say, but that's more than every other day. So I'm very happy with that number. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing your insights into marriage with the world. I'm not sure we would have ventured out like this without your podcast, but I'm very happy we did. Happy New Year. My gosh. <laughs> That's a way to crank in the 10th anniversary show. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because we're also doing a video. This, this show is being recorded. And I have to say, I feel a little vulnerable, not just with the questions that we're going to be answering. Mm-hmm. Many of many of them have come up in different shows, but never so concentrated. Mm-hmm. But also the fact that you all get to see... Oh, kind of the behind the scenes, what it looks like when Tony and I are talking together, what it looks like with the computers up and all of that. So we're so glad whether this is your first show or you've been with us from the beginning. Oh my gosh. We're so honored and blessed that you would take the time to just be here with us. Yeah. And so with the video, we're going to actually have it up on the episode page where this is showing up. So that's going to be one extraordinary marriage.com slash five fifty two episode five fifty two. You're not going to see it in your feeds, on your apps, or anything of that nature. So you're going to have to come on over here, look at it, or subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're going to have it there as well. So let's get started. Let's get started. So what we did, we, what we decided for the 10th anniversary, because it, it is a big show, mm-hmm. and we're, we're truly 
honored. I mean, for those of you who've been around since the beginning, thank you. And I know there are still a number of you who've been around since the beginning, Mm -hmm. which to us is mind boggling because let's just put a little context of where podcasting was 10 years ago. At that point in time, it only been around maybe for about four years. It was still in its infancy. We didn't even know what apps were in the sense of a podcast app. So folks would find us. And I remember the first time we got an email from somebody who was in Alaska listening Mm -hmm. to us. And so it was absolutely mind boggling to think that Elisa and I were sitting in our garage Mm -hmm. 10 years ago doing this to where we are today is crazy. And we are it's just, it's an honor to have you guys along for this journey. So we're going to start with some questions and these are questions that you, you guys wanted to know about us. And we thought it'd be just a fun way to just sort of caps, what is it? Capsulize? Capture? Well, encapsulate. You know, yeah. You know, like when you, but when you get ha- like a This is how we do this one. guys where Tony like throws out a word and I play, it's like charades and he starts doing, you know, like, but, but you know, when you do like one of those like capsules and then time capsule, you, time capsule. Okay. there we go we're going to time capsule so we have a couple of sections one of a one of them is about us about our marriage uh, about our kids about the podcast those are those are the areas we're going to go and we're just going to do some q a back and forth mm-hmm. so you guys can get a little more understanding of where we're at and where we're going mm-hmm. so how did you start sharing your story to help other couples Okay, so what you are listening to now that has been, you know, this is the 10th anniversary show, literally started in our garage, January of 2010. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I remember it because we had a space heater at our feet. We had big puffy coats on because yeah, I know those of you that are not from San Diego, don't believe it actually gets cold here, but, but it does, but it does. And if you've listened to enough shows, you know that I get cold very easily. And before we could even get to that point, Tony had this idea. After we had done our 60 days of sex challenge, after we'd shared it at a marriage conference, after people started asking us what's next and we'd started the website and done all this kind of stuff, we, we did not, I want to say hate, we hated blogging, Like that was so hard. And so Tony had been listening to podcasts and one day he comes home and he's like, I think we should start a podcast. Here's the funny thing. You, You bring up the blog. I think one of the first names we came up with for, for what we started back then was like. 13 keys to your, no, No, 13 is your lucky number. 13 is your lucky number. I don't even know. Dot com. That's what, that's what we picked up. 13 keys to your lucky number. Well, because the the first book stripped down 13 keys to unlocking your marriage. Right. That's where the 13 came from. But good grief. Like, what does that say about marriage? (laughs) What does that say? So Tony gets this idea that we should start a podcast and he Mm -hmm. goes and he orders this box of equipment that comes. Which most of this equipment, if you're watching the video, like these are the actual mics that we've used for 10 years. Down here, I have the mixer that we used for 10 years this equipment is what we've used for all these years we're not like techie here we just like doing what we do which is talking behind the microphones yeah the only thing that's been updated in all that time are the computers so tony orders the equipment it sits in our hallway right by our garage for probably three or four months Mm, i think it was like two or three but okay you you can say four i'm gonna well then we'll go with three okay and i start getting really irritated because i have to walk by this box every time I go to the garage or every time I come in and finally I'm like, are we going to do something with this? And don't forget at this point in time, we're in the great recession. Mm -hmm. And so I had spent somewhere in the vicinity of about $800 on the equipment and probably another 500 plus to help get everything set up. Because again, back in the day, we didn't have the videos or anything like we do now on how to set up a podcast. Right. Just didn't. And here's, here's a little thing that was going on behind my, you know, kind of behind the scenes in Elisa's head was, 
I did not want to do the podcast. Hey, we got to we got to move a little quicker because okay. okay, if, if this, we don't, we're going to have story. one. Okay. Yeah, no, no. But I didn't want to do the podcast. And I thought, I'm only going to do 10. And so when we sat down that January 2010 and we you know went through probably four times to even get the intro done, if you had told me what it was going to become, mm-hmm. I, I didn't have that vision. But now here we are. 500 and this is the 550 second show and that's how we started show, just one show at a time okay i think what we're gonna do is we're gonna do a couple of rapid fire ones yeah and we then can totally we, do rapid we can, fire. so that way I know, we're, that's that's a bit i know i know but i i just want to make sure we're getting everything in because at the rate we're going right now we'll we'll be here for about two hours okay so okay. we so yeah, we got to yeah. just move so how did the two of you meet Oh, I thought you were just going to answer that. Uh, we met the summer of 1994 at the University of Colorado Boulder when I was out there doing a psychology internship and Tony mm-hmm. was our, the morning cook in the fraternity that the program had rented out. That's right. I was a Delta Chi and we and our house rented it out each summer and uh, Elisa um, was in that program. So how did you know each other was the one? Mm, good question. Why don't you answer that first? I will answer that first. So that summer, in all honesty, so Elisa and I were not followers of Christ back then. Mm-mm. Far, far away. I mean, I was into drugs, alcohol. We were just, we were living the life. I just turned 21. And so that summer, in all honesty, when Elisa and I met, was supposed to be a summer fling. That was it. She was out for eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sort of like, hey, you know what? This is cool. If you want to have fun this summer, great. You're going to go back to your school. I still got a couple of years of, of school left. Um and yet, when I went to take her to the airport, which was Stapleton Airport back in the day. Back in the day. When you could actually walk people all the way up to the gate. Pre-9-11. Pre-9-11, yeah. I was walking her up to the gate. I'd given her some flowers mm-hmm. and about to wish her off. And it was at that moment. I knew it. Um, tears started streaming down my eyes. And I was like, I do not want to do life without this woman. Um and so I have my sunglasses on inside. And she's like, why do you have your sunglasses on? I'm like, cause it's bright. Um, and my, my baby blue eyes Liar. need to be protected. Liar. <laughs> and so as I, as I walked away, I was like, that's the one. Mm-hmm. And you knew sooner. I knew sooner. We had, yeah, I'd skipped work one day that summer, which I think I probably did a lot of days that summer uh, to spend time with Tony. And we'd gone out to Chautauqua Park. And I, re- I just distinctly remember sitting up on a rock with the clouds were so low that day that they were coming in actually underneath us. Mm-hmm. And we were just having I a conversation about life and about our dreams. And it was so real and so authentic. And I'm like, I, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm not letting him go. And that was probably only maybe two or three weeks mm-hmm. after meeting you. I mean, it wasn't very long. It was, I think, even sooner. Because the next question is, how soon after meeting did you make love for the first time? And so I think Chautauqua was before we made love. And I think we did... Let me think here. I want I want to think it was like two or three weeks after we met. So I... Well, because I... So Chautauqua probably was two weeks because it was about a month because I came out like June 4th, 5th, right in there. Because mm-hmm. it was just a couple of days after was your 21st. Was it July 4th? It was July 4th. Ah, there it is. Okay, yep. so it's about a month after. And again, we wouldn't recommend that. We are definitely bucking the odds. But mm-hmm. that's our story. And, and it is a story of redemption. And it is a story of like the miraculous over all of these years. Yeah. What year were we married? 1996, October yeah. 5th. How old were you when you got saved? I was 27. Mm-hmm. And I was 26. And we got married when I was 23 and Elisa was 22. Mm-hmm. So there was some time before that. 
When did you start putting God first in your relationship? So we were at that point in time. So we got saved about five years Mm -hmm. into our marriage. So after Tony had hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, we started attending Saddleback Church in Orange County, got baptized there, gave our lives to Christ there. Still, we're kind of doing our own thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Didn't understand what it meant to put God first. Ended up moving up to Washington, got part of a church plant, got a better idea, mm-hmm. but still it wasn't until we moved to San Diego mm-hmm. that we started getting a glimpse of what does it mean to put God first in a marriage? What mm-hmm. does that mean to build a foundation? And I would really say it's taken hold and really been transformational probably in the last four or five years. Yeah. I really do think that as well. And, uh, and you know, it, it's a journey just like anything else. And so I think there are times when, Priorities look a little wacky and wonky. Mm-hmm. And I think there are just times even today in, in as we're recording this 10th anniversary show where we still are like, okay, we haven't arrived yet. We're still, you know, work in progress. So that is, I think, something that we have learned and come to understand that that's just going to be part of our lives. And, and, and I just want to add to that the fact that that's actually part of the show. Like mm-hmm. Tony and I will never get behind these microphones and tell you that we've arrived, tell you that we're perfect, tell you that we don't have problems, tell you that we do everything, you know, by the book, the way we say it should be done. Cause we're human mm-hmm. and we still make mistakes and you will always get us being real behind these microphones, the, the good, the bad and the ugly. Mm-hmm. We've been doing that for the last 10 years. That's not going to change. All right. What is your favorite quality about me? And then I'll answer about you. I'm so glad that we actually got asked this question on an interview last week because I'm all prepared. Uh, my favorite quality about you is the way that you're able to build relationships with people. Mm-hmm. You pour so much into others and the depth of your relationships, not just with me, because mm-hmm. you pour a lot into me, you pour a lot into our kids, but I see it wherever we go. I, I see it with you know colleagues and people that you've worked for and, and all this kind of stuff. Everybody's like, oh, Tony. And it's always with, it's always with a smile. Nobody Mm. ever says your name and is like, Oh, Tony. So they may just be doing a smile because (laughs) you're my wife. Yeah. But you can tell, (laughs) you can totally tell. I'm kidding. My favorite quality about Elisa. And I know she, she doesn't think this, but I do love that. She's detailed in, in my life of loving to dream and see visions and, and, and try to go bigger constantly it help, it's helpful to have her as my wife who can stand beside me and say, hey, and we'll butt heads, believe me, because I want to dream and I just want to dream. And yet Elisa will come beside me and go, okay, what are the details here? And, and you, you better believe we'll butt heads a lot on oh, that. Yes. And yet I still love that quality about her because she helps me to keep moving forward it doesn't mean she stops me from moving in those dreams and in those visions. She just gives me some parameters around it, how to make them happen. So that's the quality I love about you the most. Can I tell y'all how glad I am that this is on the recording? Because now whenever he gets frustrated, I can just say, hey, go back to the 10th anniversary show and remind yourself that you like <laughs> that. I, you love that I'm detail oriented. So uh, what are your dreams and goals for 2020? Oh, uh, be more joyful. Like just... Well, one of my big goals is that we're going to just have vacation a little bit more. Mm-hmm. We're going to travel a little bit more. We're going to adventure a little bit more. Um, I'm believing that, you know, this year, Alex and his football team at Cathedral Catholic, they're going to win a CIF championship. I, I, I think that, you know, some of our dreams and goals uh, pour over to our kids. Sure. And um, that's one big one. For me, it is about traveling. I've always, al- I've always loved exploring. 
And I just feel like we're in that place of life where we're, we're where we want to. Like, I, I think we've, we've opened the ceiling on our lives and just going, Hey, just because we have kids doesn't mean we can't travel. Um, which I think that was a ceiling we had for our, mm-hmm. on our lives for a long time. So that's one of mine anyways. Um, obviously continuing the, the intimacy lifestyle. Um, gosh, I know I have them written down. Well, I think for me, it's, you know, riding on your coattails, but going even beyond that and really being focused on relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I want to see us do this year, and I shared this with you is develop more relationships with other couples. Yeah. And, and when I say other couples, I don't just mean couples that are in this, you know, 40 something space and they've got teenagers, you know, friends who are, have walked this road a lot farther. Maybe they're empty nesters and friends who are just getting started. So that's, you know, doing that in addition to some of the other goals that Tony has mentioned are really going to change what our 2020 looks like. Stress, hormone changes, and lack of sleep can impact your skin, causing issues like dryness, dark spots, and acne. I know the closer I get to 50, the more aware I become of this. OneSkin, today's sponsor, offers a simple skincare routine to address these concerns at a cellular level. OneSkin has developed a proprietary peptide called OS1 that's scientifically validated to improve the health of your skin beneath the surface without irritation or a complicated multi-step routine. I use the OS1 face topical supplement on my face and neck, which often needs a little extra care with age. Additionally, the OS1 eye supplement helps keep the under eye area fresh, even on little sleep. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code OEM at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code OEM. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support your show and tell them we sent you. So let's answer some questions about our marriage. Someone asked, in light of Dream Again, which is the hashtag mm-hmm. for this year, what were your dreams before one was even a thought? Wow. You know, I think my dreams then was just from a business level, just being able to make enough funds to cover all of our expenses. Because again, when we, when we started one, we were in the great recession and the business that we had was hit severely. So it was a time of just fight or flight. I felt like a lot. So I didn't really have dreams. I I was very, I was scared. uh, I was worried um, just wanted to make sure I could provide for Elisa and the family. Uh, we had two kids, obviously, at the time, Alex and Abby. Um, so I didn't really have a lot of dreams. In all honesty, this was my my shining light, though. Uh, one became that because I had something to pour into. Mm-hmm. And it didn't matter if people were listening or not. It was it was just something I was passionate about. And I, and I knew our marriage needed it. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like one of those dreams was as long as Elise and I could get behind these microphones once a week, we could at least connect and let everything else fall away for a week or for, for that moment. Mm-hmm. That and it's true. I mean, I think, you know, our kids were really young when we started the show mm-hmm. and, you know, to be in this place where, you know, like my dream, I was a stay at home mom. My dream was to like get them to high school and, mm-hmm. and release them into the world. But dreams for us, dreams for our lives. I mean, it's, 
it's scary to think that 10 years ago, we didn't have dreams. We, we were literally going through the motions day by day. It was like Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't see beyond the next you know, hour or two hours. And now when I look at where we're going and what's to come, the world is so big. The vision is so big. But back then, Mm-mm. teeny tiny. Yeah. What is the best date night you ever had? Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, I, know this one. I know we've had so many good ones. I think the most epic one though was the one where you literally planned everything. Yeah. And I got a card. Uh, Tony had already made a, like I knew we were doing date night. Tony had arranged for the kids to go to the sitters. And as he was leaving, he hands me this card and he says, open it the, as soon as the garage door closes. And so I open it inside is this card outlining the entire night. He had arranged for a massage therapist to come to the house. He had laid out my clothes on the bed. He had planned dinner to the point where when we arrived, you guys, like all I had to do was sit down and he already knew we were at a sushi restaurant. He already knew my favorite sushi. So that came to the table literally within like two minutes of us sitting down. Mm -hmm. He had planned everything and I didn't have to think. And if just as a side note, if you want to do something spectacular for your spouse, plan a date where they don't have to think. It's amazing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That was that, your best date yeah, night too? Yeah, that was, that was one of my best. Uh, second to that though, okay. are, have always been our progressive dinners. Oh, I, I do love our progressive dinners. Elisa and I talk a lot about our walk-in talks. Um, I think this was a precursor of walk-in talks before we knew what a walk-in talk really was. But progressive dinners... Go somewhere, have an appetizer, especially if you're in an area of a condensed area with great restaurants and great places. It works fantastic because you go somewhere, have an appetizer, chill, share the plate together, get up, pay the bill, you know, get up, go to the next, go walk around, go see the sites, do something, go have an entree, Mm -hmm. enjoy that. And then have dessert afterwards. Now, dessert could be either A, like an actual dessert, or each other is dessert, whichever you so choose. And I like it when we share those plates because it's just, it's not like we're really filling up, but I, I love that, that movement of the dinner. So that's my second best. And, and just as a side note, if you do share plates, then you aren't so overwhelmingly full mm-hmm. that when, when you, you do go back. to have sex afterwards yeah. and you're not like, oh, my belly is too full. I can't have sex. No, no, no. Share plates and then do it. Or you have sex before. That's another thing. That's the other dessert before do. dinner is always a good idea. It's all good. What is your favorite thing to do apart? I I really enjoy reading. Yeah. You so do. for me to just be able to curl up with a book and and be able to you know check out, be you know with a book or with my journal and just to have that quiet time, absolutely love it. It's such a rejuvenating thing for me. Yeah, for me it'd be cycling or backpacking. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I do enjoy those two things and. Cycling, Elisa has never done. Backpacking, she she has. She just doesn't want to do it with me anymore. So it's okay. Has one of you always been the higher drive or does it change seasonally? I don't know that it changes seasonally. Yeah, I don't know if it changes seasonally. Generally speaking, Tony has been the higher drive. But we have had seasons in our marriage where all of a sudden, like my sex drive will be elevated. Uh, I will tell you, like we know around ovulation week, and this is why we talk about this so often. If you're going to do a seven days of sex challenge, choose the week that she's ovulating. And if you don't know about ovulation week and you need to learn, pick up the book, Taking Charge of Your Fertility. It is the best book. I think it's chapter three, both husband and wife, read it. If you need to get it, oneextraordinarymarriage.com slash taking charge, pick it up learn because that's what we had to do. I will say this though, over the 10 years of doing the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, that I think has changed. 
And I think it, it just has to do with age. Mm-hmm. And Elise and I've had to have these discussions and why for us, the intimacy lifestyle matters because it doesn't matter who's the high drive, high desire or the low desire anymore. We're, we're both committed to having sex twice a week. And so with that, we got to get on the same page at some way, somehow. I, I remember a, a, a day when we were, were younger married, it wasn't uncommon to just be walking around, see Elisa and, and get an erection. That doesn't happen in my everyday life anymore. It, it's not that I don't find her desirable. I think part of it is just my body. Right. right? I, I'm, I'm 46 and I'm getting older and it doesn't mean I have a lack of desire. And sometimes it even takes me a little longer to get an erection mm-hmm. at this stage where 10 years ago, that wasn't a problem. No. And so I've had to address that, address that with Elisa. What does this look like? So I do think there are changes that do happen both for husband and wife. And that's why it's so important to have those conversations. Like if you notice your body's changing, you know, ladies, for you, it might be that you're moving into menopause and and so your natural lubricants are different. Talk to your spouse, talk Mm -hmm. to your husband in that case. Husbands, talk to your wives because they don't know why you might be saying, you know, I don't want to have sex. They're just trying to figure out like, what's going on here? So when you open those lines of communication, suddenly there's a depth to the a depth to the marriage, a depth to the relationship, a depth to depth to your sexual intimacy that really brings the two of you together instead of pulling the two of you apart. Yeah. And episode 345, lack of sexual desire. Mm-hmm. Great episode. I'll have it here in the show notes. One extraordinary marriage.com slash 345. Go listen to it. And that will go from there. So we also had some questions about our kids. Yeah. And the first one was, what do you, what do your kids think about you being the marriage or sex podcast couple? They grew, I feel like they've grown up with it now. Yeah. Um, I do think there are times when they feel uncomfortable, oh, es- for sure. especially like the, the football, um, uh, magazine, the that, football program, the football program that is at every home game. Elise and I actually have a full page ad in there and Last year, I think it was one of Alex's teachers after the first home game walked up to him and said, do you know your parents do this? And so I think he was a little embarrassed about that. Um, But you know what? We've just told them that, hey, you guys, God has called us to a big calling. Mm -hmm. And I understand like where you guys are at at this point in your lives. It may feel a little embarrassing and all that. And yet, I'm going to, and your mom are going to keep pressing forward because there are marriages that need to be touched. There are lives that need to be changed. There are communities that need to be impacted. There are legacies that need to be left. And, and so we have the conversations, but for the most part, they're just sort of like, eh, that's what my parents do. And we, they move on. I think just because we talk about marriage and sex, I don't know if, I mean, my dad was a plumber and I was like, eh, my dad's a plumber. Whatever. Right. Whatever. Like, whatever. Just move whatever. on. Whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, the, another question, do your older kids, and we have teenagers, uh, but we know a lot of the, you and the one family have littles and you're mm-hmm. looking forward to the teenage years. Do your kids ever hear you making love or do you hide it from them? Oh, I don't think we hide it from them. They know that oh. we, we, we talk about it. So they know we have our sound and sleep machine. Mm-hmm. We put that thing on. Um, right now, Alex with his, with his knee, the surgery he had uh, the day before Thanksgiving, his room is right now right below us. So, um, I'm sure he's heard some stuff. We just put the sound and sleep machine on. I'm not worried about it that we talk to our kids about sex. Um, we tell them how beautiful it is within the marriage Mm -hmm. between husband and wife. Um, and that's a way we've always shared it with them. 
So, hey, this is what's happening. I mean, I, I think I've told our kids at times like, hey, get to bed because your mom and I need to have sex. Well, and so let's roll. You know, to all of you parents that do have little kids, actually, it doesn't matter how old your kids are. Lock your bedroom doors. Yeah. Can I just, this is just a PSA in the middle of this show. Lock your bedroom doors. Start when they're infants and it'll just be like a common thing. I mean, we, we lock our door pretty much every night. And so, you know, children have to knock on the door. We open the door. If I show up in my bathrobe, doesn't matter if I'm just sleeping naked with Tony or if we're getting ready to have sex. One of them will like look over my shoulder and be like, did I just interrupt something? Yes. So they know, like, but it's healthy. Can I just say that it's healthy for your kids to know that you have sex? Like you don't have to tell them what position you were in. You don't have to tell them what you're doing, you know, explicitly, but parents Modeling. should know or kids should know that their parents have a healthy sex life because you're passing that on to the next generation. Modeling, modeling, modeling. And, and we believe in it. And one of the questions, do you openly talk to your children about sex? Yes, we, we do. Um, we, we're always searching for those opportunities when it fits in the conversation. We, we don't just bring it up out of the blue and be like, Hey, by the way, we just need to talk about sex right now. Conversations come up. We listen, we hear them, and then we go with them. Sometimes they last for a few minutes because our kids are like, Whoa, 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 time out. I'm out. And so we're not going to be like, Oh, well you, now you need to listen. It, it's cool. All right, cool. We're, we're good. Other times the conversation just sort of meanders and we're talking and we're laughing and we're having fun about it and, and always sharing though around the context of it's so much more um, enjoyable when it is between the husband and the wife mm -hmm. within that marriage covenant, you know, and what we talked about earlier in this episode, at least and I had sex a month after meeting each other, there was a lot of baggage, a lot of emotion, a lot of things that we had to work through. And so we share that with them mm -hmm. because we want them to understand that, hey, we're not perfect. We, 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 we've done things and we've learned. And so we, we just share that in an open, honest, and transparent way, just as we do that with you guys. Absolutely. And we do have episode 427 mm. where, you know, we talk all about talking to your kids about sex. So you can go to one extraordinary marriage.com slash 427 and just hear that conversation a little bit more in depth. Finally, we want to talk and we want to answer your questions about the podcast and about one, about where it's been and where it's going over the next 10 years. So the first question was, how did the podcast and business come to fruition? Well, I think we answered that one at the top on how the podcast came to fruition. The business itself side of it, man, it, it didn't come to fruition for many, many years after. So I owned another business at the time that we pulled out of the, the Great Recession with. We, we pulled it out and started doing well there. And, and through that time, one began to grow and there were expenses. And we, we wrote a number of our, our books, you know, stripped down. Uh, seven days of sex challenge, connect like you did. Um, the trust factor. We were writing these books while I was still running a whole nother business. And that, that other business was honestly funding one mm -hmm. for about six years. And I got to a point where I looked at Elisa and I said, listen, no more. Like if one's going to happen, it's going to happen, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to take from our other business to continue to fund one anymore. And at this point in time, you know, you're really starting to deal with large hosting and, and, and things are just happening. I mean, we're trying to figure out infrastructure and how do we set all these things up? And so the costs are starting to rise. Right. Um, and so it was about four years ago where I was just like, it, it either needs to make it or it doesn't. 
and we pulled the plug on on funding it and it's been running ever since mm-hmm. and that's you know such for any of you that are you know want to get into business and want to you know be an entrepreneur know that it takes time mm-hmm. know that if you're starting a podcast it takes time to build an audience like things don't just happen overnight what you all see here and what's been developed over the last 10 years has been 10 years, 10 years. in the making yeah right we didn't get to the point where we were heard in 180 countries and had you know hundreds of thousands of downloads every month when we started we didn't even know that people were listening yeah, and I would change the way we would go about it now. So back in the day, everybody's like, build an audience and something will miraculously happen. The whole field of dreams, build it and they will come. And I, and I just don't agree with that. If you're building a business, you have to have a solid business model. Like mm-hmm. what are your products and services? And then what you end up doing is if you know your products and services, then you build your content around it. And do you even need it? This, this past year... I had, and Elisa and I both had the opportunity to speak three times about podcasting to the Awaken Apprenticeship program. And every single time I walked in there and I said, listen, just to start a podcast for the sake of starting a podcast, because the first question everybody asks is, well, how do you monetize it? You you don't. It's not like you just start a podcast and all of a sudden you have sponsors who want to be on your show. You got to have numbers and you need to have big numbers to do that. But if you have a business, then you come up with the content strategy around it. And podcasting may be one of those areas. So uh, the next it. question, this is a big one. Do you ever still get scared of your mission and of how God is using you? Oh, every day. Scared every day. Um, yeah. Th- this year, the word, my word from God was dependency. Like I have to be 100% dependent on him of where we're going and what we're doing, and I cannot do it on my own, on my own will, on my own strength. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's scary. It's scary. Um, and yet you just get up every day and you just put a smile on your face and just go, "All right, let's go." Like I don't know what's going to happen sometimes, and 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 that's okay. I'm I'm learning to understand that more. Mm-hmm. Um, how about you? Uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I get scared often. I get scared when we get the emails that, um, that talk about how people's lives have been changed. And, and I get scared mm-hmm. of, in a good way, like, oh my gosh, you know, how much more is possible? Mm-hmm. Because it's a daily thing that somebody will write in, just like that hug at the top of the show, where, you know, they went from, from kind of having sex and, and sort of being able to, you know, wing it to making a commitment to just see what they could do in a year. And they had sex 210 times, just right? And, and couples that have said, you know, and sent I us think messages. We need to do that. <laughs> the next year's challenge. <laughs> Couples that have written in and said, and this this email just came in this week that said, you saved my marriage from the brink of divorce. Mm-hmm. And couples that have like time and time again, and and it's it's a mantle mm-hmm. that I know that we carry to, literally I was sharing this with the Summit Partners in the Position of the Month Club the other day, that we are not a dying breed. Married couples who are doing marriage well are not a dying breed. We're actually part of a movement. We are creating a marriage movement where people are going to see that marriage is done well Mm -hmm. and they're going to want to do marriage because they understand how to do it well. It's not all this dysfunction, but it rather comes into function. And knowing that Mm -hmm. that there's a movement coming, that there are uh, literally couples around the world who are excited about what we're doing, who are excited about truths about marriage and saying, yeah, I stand with you. Like that's big. Yeah, so a, a real quick plug for Position of the Month Club, because if that's who you are, 
we have three different partner levels mm -hmm. and at any level you're helping us continue to reach and, and push the envelope. Um, you know, for us putting on the one marriage conference, meeting you guys, seeing you guys, it, it could be scary. And yet seeing you guys, seeing the one family, that's, that's why I believe we push and, and maybe it's not working today or tomorrow. And yet get me on stage. Let me see you. Let me hug you. Let me talk with you. That's what matters. So, you know, go to position of You can, you can join us, especially at the summit level. That's where we really get inter interactive with you because we have that Facebook group and, it, and it's just fun. We get to know a lot of you in there. And I will say one thing about being that, that it being scary, it is scary to think about how big this is and how big it's going to become, but we don't operate out of a place of fear. No. Right. It, it's the enormity of it is huge, but we step out in faith and we step out in strength and we start saying, you know, this is what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. and, and that was really the next question. You know, people are like, what do you think the next 10 years are going to be like? The next 10 years yeah. of one extraordinary marriage are going to be mind blowing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I alluded to it just a minute ago about the fact that this is, this is just the tip of the iceberg for this marriage movement. There will be more conferences. Literally, I'm going to say around the world, I don't, we're not going to limit ourselves to just nope. doing conferences in the United States. We've already had, you know, people offer to be translators in South America. We've got to figure out what that looks like. We've got, you know, people in Canada, we've got people in England who are saying, you know what, what will it take to get you here? And I know that this is going to be in Australia. Australia. So it is one extraordinary marriage is going to have a global footprint over the next 10 years. And a lot of this, it, just from a business standpoint, and, and we don't talk about that much, if ever, here on the show, but I, I do want to share that everything you see has been funded through the one family and Elise and I, when we first started, we've never taken outside funding ever. Nobody's ever come up to us and said, Hey guys, you know, here's a check for XYZ, go do it. Like, so we bootstrapped everything. We're constantly learning. We're constantly growing and we're willing to go there and just know that for us, protecting what one is about and protecting the family is more important than being, you know, having 10 conferences across the globe next year. So th there's a fine line that we walk in and we, and we're learning and, and we're growing and, and people will come into your life and God will put people in your lives. And, and we hope that you'll find mentors, marriage mentors in your own life. We found them in ours. We found business mentors who've helped us to, okay, yeah, I've been there before. Let's do this. Oh, okay. I didn't realize we could do that. And it's okay. Sometimes I've had to humble myself. And that's been a, that's been a big thing for my life. When I look at the business of humbling myself to go, yeah, I don't know everything. Mm -hmm. Like, so let's just keep on going. Next 10 years will be, I don't know. Personally, we got some big stuff happening in our lives. Um, I turn 50. Our boy turns 21. Abby, our daughter, will turn 18. Graduations from high school. Elisa and I will celebrate uh, 25th and 30th anniversary. Um, it's entirely possible that we will see our kids married in the next 10 years. We yeah. could be grandparents in the next 10 years. We actually, as part of our New Year's Eve yeah. together, we sat down and said, what's everything that's, that is coming in the next 10 years? And it's so amazing because, you know, I look at those things that are happening in our lives and I know that there is a spillover mm -hmm. to the one family. And maybe you're listening to the show for the first time and you're like, they keep saying the one family. They keep like, what is that? 
that is everyone that listens to the show. That is everyone that follows us on Instagram. That is everyone that, that shares a post, that shares the conference, that shares, you are part of the one family. Mm-hmm. And that phrase started, what do we figure out? Like around episode no 150, clue. 200, somewhere around there. Some of it is you, you just probably, learn, you you just learn and go. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is, is that we don't get behind these microphones just as talking heads. We get behind these microphones and yes, Tony and I are having a conversation. I mean, like this was the early form of a coffee break. Yeah. And we didn't even think about who was listening to us, but now we do. And we come here every week because we love you all so much. We want to see extraordinary marriages. We want to see lives changed mm-hmm. and you do that and you desire that for your family. And so all of you that are a part of this know that you had a hand in making this show happen. Yep. Know that you had a hand in impacting marriages around the world because if you weren't listening, yeah. we wouldn't be talking right now. Mm-hmm. And, and we love you all so much. I mean, this has been one of those things where I get overwhelmed at the enormity of what's been created. And, and to think the one other thing that's going to happen in the next 10 years is that we're going to hit a thousand shows and we're going to mm. hit 1500 shows. Yes. Both of those milestones will be reached. Those, those will be reached as well. Wow. So, Hey, what, what's it going to look like at the 20th anniversary? I have no idea, but we're going to dream big. Mm-hmm. We're going to shoot for the stars and, and just keep on rocking and rolling. And, and I really hope that you know, you guys do the same for your marriage that you go. All right. Cause a, a mentor of mine would say we, we overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So we look at a year and we're like, Oh, we're going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And yet we, totally underestimate what we can do in 10 years. And and so I think for Elisa and I would say we're all about the long haul. Mm-hmm. Like we haven't been married 23 years without having to put in some work and some effort and, you know, getting down and dirty. Same thing with one extraordinary marriage. Like we ha- we've had to get, we've had to get there and, and, and we still will, you still got to. Right. Um, and with that, you know, you can do that in your marriage as well. You know, every moment, is it going to be perfect? No. I mean, heck, yesterday we were having a discussion and Lisa and I had a, a bit of an argument. It, it happens. It's life. Yesterday. It's, it's marriage. You're together. There's stressors. There's kids. There's work. There's business. There's families. There's illness. There's everything going on. And yet, I can say that if you have the desire to make your marriage extraordinary, you can. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You can put in a half an hour once a week for 10 years. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen in your lives? Oh my gosh. That's what we've done. Other than in the last year where we've done it two times a week, where we talk for half an hour each time. Intentional conversation, a half an hour. That's what Elisa and I have done for 10 years. And it has absolutely transformed our marriage. Absolutely. And I wouldn't give up. She said, you know, Lisa said, you know, it's because of you guys that we do this. Even if nobody was listening, I think I would still do this just so I could talk to Elisa because it's our time. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So go out there, dream big, go for it. Have an amazing, amazing day, a week, year, 10 years in your marriage. Mm-hmm. But know that you're going to grow and you're going to impact 
so many lives because of what you're doing. Just need to get some audio there. There it is. So I'm like, where's our music? Yeah. We're honored and blessed, you guys. 10 years, 10 years in the making. Who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought? We didn't. Elisa, Elisa forgot to say this one thing. When we first started the One Extraordinary Marriage Show, she didn't tell me this, but in her mind, she was like, I'll give him 10 shows, maybe 15 shows, and he'll he'll leave me alone and we can go on with our lives. I'm glad that she didn't tell me that, and I'm glad she changed her mind somewhere in between 10 and 15 that we could get to the 10th anniversary show, celebrate you guys, honor you guys, mm-hmm. because if it wasn't for you guys, there would be, it, it just wouldn't be where we are today. So we love you guys from the bottom of our hearts. We, we love you guys more than you can know. If you're at a conference, if you see us, do know that we want to see you. Grab us, hug us, let us know what's happening in your lives. You know, the, the crazy thing is, is that you know us because you hear our voice. So if it takes us, if we get taken aback for a minute, it's because we're, we're going to catch up because you know us from the last 10 years. We don't know you yet but we'll get to know you because mm-hmm. you mean that much to us. Love you guys. We're honored and blessed that you got to celebrate this with us. And we can't wait for what's coming up over this next year and the next 10 years. Love you guys. God bless. And we'll catch you next week. Love you guys. <laughs>